Welcome to the New Conductor's Notes podcast featuring Charles Peltz from WMHT.org. Charles Peltz conducts the Glens Falls Symphony Orchestra, and he provides commentary on the WMHT live broadcast. Charles' commentary is full of fascinating stories about the music, the performances, and more. In order to keep the program mostly music, some of what he provides ends up on the cutting room floor. This podcast contains no music, but it does contain all of Charles Peltz's commentary from the concert broadcast on WMHT Live from WMHT-FM, your classical companion. Hello, I'm Charles Peltz, music director of the Glens Falls Symphony, and welcome to this evening's concert. This concert was titled by the Glens Falls Symphony as East Coast Premiere, and it was recorded on Sunday, September 17, 2006, at the Performing Arts Center at the Glens Falls High School. It was called the East Coast Premiere because we featured the premiere of Lowell Lieberman's Piano Concerto No. 3, his Opus 95. The Glens Falls Symphony partnered with Jeffrey Beagle, the pianist, in a consortium of orchestras to commission Lowell Lieberman to write a piano concerto, and it was originally premiered in Milwaukee with the Milwaukee Symphony with Andreas Delfs as the conductor. The Glens Falls Symphony got dibs on the East Coast Premiere. As is often the case with the Glens Falls Symphony when we have a guest composer of this rank, we ask them, what influences did you encounter in your career, in your life, that have made you the musician that you are? What musical pieces, what composers influenced you greatly in thinking about the way that you write music? They always respond interestingly and enthusiastically to this question because usually they are faced with a situation where their piece is thrown into the middle of another set of pieces, usually dictated by the conductor. In this case, I like to think that we offer a snapshot album of the composer to the audience. If we can say to our audience, these are the pieces that formed the life of this composer, in this case Lowell Lieberman, they can see the connections between that music, which is usually of a standard nature from the standard repertoire, to the commissioned and original piece that they're hearing that day. This is part of our Music Bridge series, which we began last year with the Joan Tower premiere of the piece Made in America. The idea being that we bridge musics for our audience. The new is bridged with the old. What services the bridge? It's the musical content. There must be something that connects the new piece with the old piece. In this case, the connection is the composer. We began today's concert where many people think Western orchestral music that we know today began with the music of Bach. It was the overture to the box suite number one, that first wonderful movement in which we begin with the French overture style, the dotted rhythm, ba-bum, 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 which almost like a timpani amongst all of the strings leads us then into a vivacious allegro featuring all that wonderful Bach counterpoint that we love so much, so energetic, so lively, so con brio. Then there's the return of the opening introduction. We'll hear a little bit of that Bach right now by the Glens Falls Symphony as the overture to our program of Lowell Lieberman's Piano Concerto. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion. Our next piece is by Gabriel Fauré, a piece loved by Lowell Lieberman and one that he suggested that we perform to give an indication of the subtle and intimate side of his musical nature. The Pelias and Melisande Suite, of course, is the same name that we know from the famous opera by Debussy, which was a groundbreaking work both for him and for the world of opera. The Metterlink play is analogous, very much like, I should say, the King Arthur play. Golud in Pelias and Melisande is, the, is like the Arthur character. Melisande is like Guinevere and Pelias, like Lancelot. 
Golud finds the young Melisande in the woods. She's abandoned. He takes her in as a daughter, grows to love her romantically. Melisande reciprocates that love, but then when Pelias, young and handsome and certainly more her age, appears on the scene, Melisande is taken. Tragedy ensues as Melisande and Pelias are found by Golud one evening, out talking, truly just talking. No consummation has happened. Golud's heart is broken and his anger peaked. It's tragedy to the end. The Pelias and Melisande Suite of Gabriel Fauré, Opus 80, was written as part of the, in, this is a collection of the music written as incidental music for the play. We're going to hear today two movements, the prologue, which has a, a sweet, I should say actually bittersweet character, giving us the idea of the, the wonderful love that's going to happen, but at the same time, the tragedy that may ensue. And then we'll listen to the last movement, the death of Melisande, which I think is a self-descriptive title. It's it's sweet and slow and oh so sad. And interestingly enough, those of you who've who've been listening to the broadcast, it has the same French overture rhythm underneath it. It's a funeral dirge for a beautiful young woman, broken in love and in family. The Pelias and Melisande Suite, two movements, prologue and death of Melisande by Gabriel Fauré. This is the Conductor's Notes Podcast, only from WMHTFM, your classical companion. Our next piece on today's program is the featured work of today's program, the Piano Concerto No. 3 of Lowell Lieberman. Lowell Lieberman was born in 1961 in New York City. He's a composer and conductor and pianist himself, a student of the Juilliard School. He studied with David Diamond and Vincent Persichetti. And those two teachers tell us a little bit about Lieberman himself. He studied with people who loved and kept a great attachment to the lyric, melodic, and harmonic tradition that was handed out of the 19th century into the 20th. Lieberman does the same thing in all his music, and he's written for all genres very successfully. He wants to make sure that the audience feels that it can immediately be attuned to what he's writing, that the challenge is not so much in understanding the music, but that the challenge to the audience is simply finding it in it what it says to them. The concertos in three movements, Risoluto in the first movement, Largo the second, and Burlesque the third. The Risoluto is indeed resolute, dramatic, declamatory, the dialogue between the piano and the orchestra often being somewhat argumentative, but always assertive on both parts, neither giving in, but each accommodating in some way. The Largo is somewhat transcendent, if we can use that word, it floats from the very beginning. We hear a floating motive in the strings, something that seems to rise and carry itself above ground, as it were. And then the burlesque draws from all sorts of sources. There's a little T for two kind of music in the middle, which is a surprise to us in almost an Ivesian way. It seems to come out of nowhere, but seems delightful and perfectly placed. It is a 35-minute work, a major work. We hear today Jeffrey Beagle, the pianist, who was the initiator of this commissioning project. His work has been heard around the world. Jeffrey's a marvelous pianist who brings great personality and an extraordinary strength to what he does, as well as a wonderful, wonderful uh, sensitivity. And now the Lowell Lieberman Piano Concerto Number no. 3, Opus 95. This is the Conductor's Notes Podcast, only from WMHTFM, your classical companion. Charles Peltz conducts the Glens Falls Symphony Orchestra, and he provides commentary on the WMHT live broadcast. Charles' commentary is full of fascinating stories about the music, the performances, and more. 
In order to keep the program mostly music, some of what he provides ends up on the cutting room floor. This podcast contains no music, but it does contain all of Charles Peltz's commentary from the concert broadcast on WMHT Live from WMHT-FM, your classical companion. Our second half is going to continue our portrait gallery of Lowell Lieberman. These are pieces that Lieberman himself said were important to him or exemplified the music that he found important as he has written music of his own in his career. Next, we're going to hear an overture by Beethoven, always a great way to start any concert or even second half. The overture to Fidelio, everyone's familiar, I think, with the the fact that Beethoven struggled to write a great opera. He came up with Fidelio. It was a mixed success for him, both in his own mind and the eyes and the mind of the critic. He wrote three Leonore overtures named after a character in the opera and also the overture to Fidelio. The Leonore overtures are magnificent pieces of music, dark, brooding, and uh, driving in a typical Beethovenian way. When the opera was premiered in Paris, it was thought that maybe a lighter overture might be needed. So Beethoven went ahead and, and rewrote the overture completely, came up with the overture to Fidelio, and that's what we're going to hear today. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion. Next on our program are the four C interludes of Benjamin Britten. These are interludes from the opera Peter Grimes. Robert Kraft, who was the amanuensis to Igor Stravinsky, said in the late 1970s that after the death of Benjamin Britten in 1976, in a certain way, music, a particular line of music that went back to the 11th century had ended, that there had always at that point been a kind of composer who was recognized in the larger world as well as in the musical world, a voice that was there were always voices, I should say, that were uh, communicating musical ideas to a larger audience. Benjamin Britten was the 1976 death to which Kraft was referring. Peter Grimes is a tragic tale, a lone fisherman living on the coast of England in a small town, is accused of murdering a little boy. The undercurrents of what may have happened between him and that boy bubble, subtext, darken the entire play. Britton wrote a number of operas about outcasts. He felt because of his homosexuality that he himself was an outcast, and he always tried to portray the fact that the outcast didn't need to be that way, that often it was a society that gathered itself against that person, excluding them and shunting them. That's what happens in, in Peter Grimes. The community goes on circumstantial evidence and drives this fisherman, Peter Grimes, away. The four C interludes are titled Dawn, Sunday Morning, Moonlight, and Storm. They're interspersed within the opera. They're highly dramatic. You can hear in the music the titles. They are extraordinary examples of orchestration. The instruments are used in high ranges, sustained ranges, which we normally don't hear them, but so incredible. Incredibly colorful. These are the four C interludes of Benjamin Britten, Glens Falls Symphony Orchestra. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT FM, your classical companion. <laughs> 